Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. The off-season and hot stove season well underway. Things quiet in terms of major acquisitions. The Dodgers made a splash earlier this week, re-signing free agents Kenley Jansen to bolster their bullpen and also Justin Turner, a key part of their lineup. But in terms of others, kind of a quiet week on the transaction front, and it probably will be that way through the new year now as teams start to, to take some time off and relax a little bit during that holiday season. But don't rule it out. The Indians have been active uh, during this time in years past, and we'll keep an eye on that for you here on Tribe Talk. Coming up on this week's show, we will visit with Baseball America's Minor League Manager of the Year, and he's part of the Cleveland Indians organization, Dave Wallace, who managed the Akron Rubber Ducks to the Eastern League Championship this season. He said part of the key was a general mindset that the team had on a daily basis. You know, we, we attacked each day. We showed up each day and just said, let's um, do whatever we need to do, whatever we can do to get better today as an individual, as a team. And uh, there were some tough times. I mean, there's up and downs in, in every baseball season. Uh, but uh, that was – there's no doubt that enduring the 12-game losing streak was not easy, but I'm very proud of our guys. Also coming up on this week's show, some news and notes in the baseball operations department, some changes there. Also, some news and notes off the field. Great events coming up to put on that calendar as we get closer to 2017. And when we return, we will open this week's show with our Game of the Week segment, taking a look back at some of the great games of 2016. There were quite a few in the season series against the Detroit Tigers in which the Indians dominated and they're friends from the other side of Lake Erie. And we'll take a look back at July the 5th, a 12-to-1 pasting of the Tigers by the Indians that uh, gave them 12 consecutive victories over Detroit. Ball game. And the Indians are rolling over the Tigers again. That's coming your way shortly as we get rolling with Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. We change it up this week and we go with our game of the week from 2016 right out of the chute. And we take you back to July the 5th. The Indians hosting the Detroit Tigers. This was the final homestand leading in to the All-Star break for the Indians. And it was a homestand that featured... The Tigers coming in, an arch rival for the Indians, who they were having great success against during the 2016 season. And then the Yankees were in just prior to the All-Star break. And the Indians had just concluded a franchise-best 14-game winning streak on the prior road trip in Toronto. So a lot of good things happening. The crowds were outstanding. And the Indians were heading into play that night, again, July the 5th, having won 11 in a row against the Tigers to start the season series. Just a remarkable turnaround considering some of the season series in recent years as the Tigers really seem to have the Indians number, but not so in 2016. A big reason why, in the end, the Indians would win the American League Central Division. So coming into the game, the Indians were 50-42, and 42, that 14-game winning streak really vaulting them into a nice position in the division. They were six and a half games 
ahead of the Tigers. The Tigers were in in second place with a 44-39 and record. The pitching matchup that night featured Carlos Carrasco, whose record was only 4-2. and two. Remember, Carrasco missed a significant time early in the season after sustaining a leg injury, covering first base coincidentally enough against Detroit at the end of April. And his mound opponent was Anibal Sanchez, who really was struggling on the season. He was 5-8 and eight coming into the game, but just was not the same Anibal Sanchez that the major leagues and the Indians had seen in recent seasons. So to get things started, scoreless ball game, bottom half of the second inning, Rajay Davis came to the plate and gave the Indians an early lead. A swing and a shot to left, face it near the line, it'll get to the wall. That'll score Ramirez on his way to third is Chisinau, and in standing with an RBI double is Rajay Davis. There's that clutch hit, and Davis continues to torture his former team. The Indians have a one nothing lead on a rifle shot down the left field line. An RBI double by Davis. He now has 15 doubles and 32 RBIs. Then the Indians would begin to really open things up in the middle innings. Francisco Lindor, who was having an all-star type season, well, he came to the plate in the bottom half of the fifth inning. The 1-1, swung on, line drive to right. Moya comes on, and it gets past him. It hit his glove and goes all the way to the wall. On his way to third, being waved around is Kipnis. The throw will come home on the relay. He slides, and he's safe. Into third goes Lindor, and the Indians have a 5-0 lead. Then it was Lonnie Chisenhall again, padding the Tribe lead. Here's the 1-0. Swung on, line drive, right center field. It gets down for a base hit. That rolls all the way to the wall. Napoli will score. Chisenhall's on his way to second with his second double. And the Indians add another run. 7-0 try. And they continue to just pulverize Tiger pitching. And in the top half of the sixth inning, something that Indians fans have grown accustomed to, great plays by the Indian shortstop, Frankie Lindor. Upton with a single and a ground up. Right-handed hitter. Carrasco's pitch, swung on, grounded toward the hole, diving back in and stopped by Lindor. Gets up, throw to first. He got up! That's why he's an American League All-Star! What a play by Lindor! Diving in the hole toward third with a smothered job. In shallow left on the backhand and somehow got to his feet and a one-hop throw to first to get Upton. Oh, man, what a play by Lindor. What a player he is at the tender age of 22. Then in the sixth inning, the Indians just kept tacking on as Tyler Naquin, who was having a surprising rookie season for the Indians, came up big with the long ball. Right-hander Buck Farmer just up today. Delivers a Naquin with a high drive. Deep right center field. This ball gone. Naquin's got number seven. Two RBIs tonight for Naquin. On a towering solo homer to right center. And the Indians are back up by seven. Leading it eight to one. Tell you what, he's having a heck of a rookie year. Seven home runs, 19 RBIs. Later on in the inning, it was Mike Napoli coming through. Outfield, straightaway, medium deep, 0-2 pitch. Swung on, liner toward the gap in left center. It's dropping, base hit. That is going to score Santana. Everybody else moves up one. 
Napoli with his 56th RBI on a soft liner to left center. And the Indians have their second run in the inning. And the Tribe now leading it 9-1. to And how about Tiger pitching tonight? The Tigers have walked seven, and so far, five of the seven have scored. And in the eighth, Carlos Santana continued what turned into a rout. Mark Lowe, the right-hander, to face the top of the order in Carlos Santana, who hits one high and deep to left center. It's got a chance. It is gone. Carlos Santana with an opposite field homer that climbed the 19-foot wall in left center. And the Indians just keep piling it on, now leading it 11-1. to And Santana, he may end up with 20 home runs before the All-Star break. He now leads the Indians with 19 home runs, 17 of them left-handed. Also in the eighth inning, Lonnie Chisenhall would put the finishing touches on the scoring in this one. The 1-2 pitch. Swing and a looping liner to right. A fourth hit for Lonnie Chisenhall. Being waved home is Kipnis. Moya's throw to the plate cut off. And Jason Kipnis scores the Indians' 12th run. And Lonnie Chisenhall with a four-hit night and three RBIs. And the Indians now lead a 12-1. Mike Napoli stops at second. So the Indians have scored two more here in the eighth. So a four-hit game for Chisenhall. The pitching was strong. And in the end, it was Mike Clevenger on in the ninth inning to finish up what turned out to be a 12-1 Tribe victory. The pitch swung on a bouncing ball to second. Kipnis has it near the bag. Steps on the bag at second for the fourth. Ball game. And the Indians are rolling over the Tigers again. Tonight, the Indians are a winner over the Detroit Tigers. 12-1. The Indians are now 11-0 against the Tigers. The second-place Tigers are now seven and a half games in back of the Tribe, and Kansas City falls eight games in back of the Indians. And the Tribe, since mid-June, a record of 16-2. and two. The following day, Tom Hamilton checks in with Tribe manager Terry Francona, as he does each day prior to an Indians ball game. Talked about the winning ways of the Tribe and another solid performance from Carlos Carrasco, who is really starting to find his groove since returning from injury. Carlos Carrasco, uh, even though he has missed six weeks of the season, Terry, boy, he's uh, quietly now become one of the top pitchers in this game, isn't he? You know, what has been nice for us is, you know, when he came back, it, it you know, you get a guy back in name, which is good, but then after he gets a few starts and gets his legs under him and, you know, took him a couple starts to kind of find his slider again, build up your stamina and your endurance, and now we're seeing a guy that feels good about himself, has, has enough repetition, but he's still fresh because he missed, you know, six weeks. And, you know, when he got hurt, I remember saying, well, it's almost like we're making a good trade, and that's what happened. He's given us a huge shot in the arm. Um, you know, looking back maybe two, three years ago where he was and where he is now, it's unbelievable. So so proud of him for what he is accomplishing. And I think better days are ahead, which is exciting. You mentioned the winning. Terry, does that have an impact on a clubhouse that maybe none of us that haven't played the game or in a major league clubhouse like you've been, we don't even comprehend it? Yes, it does. It does. Um it, it makes it, uh, when you show up to the ballpark every day, guys know that what they do is important. 
whether it's moving a runner. You know, I think you see guys the second half of the season more willing to give themselves up for the team goal, which certainly helps. Um, you know, when you play a quick turnaround game like this, you know, it's easy to have a lot of aches and pains. I know their guys are getting tired, but there's a reason to play, a good reason to play, and that makes the game a lot more fun. With that win, that put the Indians seven and a half ahead of the Tigers with the All-Star break fast approaching. And, of course, you know what happened in the end. The Indians would win the division in Detroit. And I know next week it's Christmas Eve when this show will will run as uh, next Saturday is uh, right at the height of the holiday season. But uh, if you do have time, check your local listings. We will have our game of the week next week be the Indians clinching game in Detroit in late September. So that's our game of the week for this week, the July 5th shellacking of the Detroit Tigers, a 12-1 victory for the Tribe. Stay tuned. Tribe Talk continues after this timeout as we join you on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Indians Radio is our Twitter address. Some news and notes for you before we continue with our interviews on this week's show. Another award for Francisco Lindor, the Indians' outstanding young shortstop, was honored Monday night at the 2016 Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year celebration. They celebrated LeBron James of the Cavaliers, but there's some also uh, preliminary awards as well. And Lindor was recognized as a rising star. He won the Rising Star Award. That goes along with his American League All-Star selection and the Gold Glove Award for fielding excellence at the end of the season. Of course, Lindor was part of the Indians' World Series team. So just a great year for the Indian shortstop. And again, just turned 23 years of age. So uh, the beat goes on for Francisco Lindor. Some changes in the Indians' baseball operations department, some recognition uh, for work well done and with some People moving on, most notably Derek Falvey, to become the president of baseball operations for the Minnesota Twins. The Indians moving some key people around in the department to try and keep things moving in a very positive direction. Eric Binder will serve as the new director of baseball operations. That was Derek Falvey's job. He's been in the organization since 2013, and he'll now be involved in the day-to-day functions and decision-making of the baseball operations department. The Indians also have a brand-new director of player development after many fine seasons for Carter Hawkins in that role. Carter has moved up to do some different things in player development and also baseball operations. So the Indians went outside the organization, and they have hired James Harris as the new director of player development. He had been with the Pittsburgh Pirates as a special assistant in the front office, and most of his sports background has been in professional football or college football as he's worked for Chip Kelly at both the University of Oregon and the Philadelphia Eagles. He graduated from the University of Nebraska, and uh, he just, again, coming off a stint in baseball with the Pittsburgh Pirates, he'll be the Indians' new director of player development. Also, a couple of others. Paul Gillespie was promoted to be the Indians' 
Senior Director of International Scouting, and Victor Wang has been named the Director of Pro Scouting. And uh, speaking of scouting, some changes and promotions in the Indian Scouting Department, which has really done a, a nice job on the amateur front, increasing the efficiency of the Indians' drafts, and, and they've gotten so much better, and player development has been a big part of that as well. But Brad Grant, who we uh, focus so much on during that month of June when the draft takes place, he has been promoted to Senior Director of Amateur Scouting. He's been with the Indians for 23 seasons now, was the Director of Amateur Scouting for the past nine years, and he'll continue to supervise the club's 22 amateur scouts and oversee the amateur draft each June. Also promoted uh, a couple of different scouts to uh, different areas of the department, but most notably locally, Junie Melendez has been promoted to a regional supervisor. If you listen to our games on a regular basis, you hear Tom Hamilton uh, give Junie the business every once in a while as he's been a real good area scout in this part of the country, and he's been in professional baseball for 10 years now, the last eight of which spent as an Indians area scout supervising here in Ohio, but also Indiana, Michigan, and Kentucky. And now he'll be responsible for overseeing the management, evaluation, and information gathering process of the Indians' upper Midwest area supervisors. So good stuff there for the 1999 graduate of the University of Toledo, Junie Melendez, promoted to a regional supervisor. So those are just some of the things going on in the Indians' front office. I know it's a lot of names and, and maybe positions that that don't mean a whole lot to the casual fan, but such a key for the Indians has been player development, finding good players in the draft, and then developing those that come into the system. They've been extremely successful at that in recent seasons, a big reason why they went to the World Series this season. So uh, it's good to get those names out there and let people know who they are doing the great work that they do really 12 months a year now. And speaking of the draft, the Indians, uh, as part of the new collective bargaining agreement, will have an extra pick at the tail end of the second round, number 70, as a competitive balance pick based on attendance and market size. The Indians get an extra draft pick fairly early on. So with that pick at number 70 overall, the Indians should have, barring something unforeseen, three picks in the top 70. And again, that has been the lifeblood of this organization that has really helped it take a big step forward at the major league level. So there are some news and notes for you from the Indians and around the department and when we come back. We hope you can stay with us. Real nice interview with the Akron manager last year, Baseball America's minor league manager of the year, and he's in the Indian system. It's Dave Wallace who has an interesting story to tell not only about this past season, but what the future holds for him in the Indians player development department. So stay with us. More to come after this on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field. And we are joined now by Baseball America's Minor League Manager of the Year, Dave Wallace, who did great work with the Akron Rubber Ducks this season, leading them to the Eastern League Championship. And uh, Dave, uh, first off, for folks who don't know, this is the not the Eastern League Manager of the Year award, but for Baseball America, they encompass all of minor league baseball. So certainly... Uh, very worthwhile award for you, and, and I know uh, you take all the credit for that, don't you? 
it is a great honor, Rosie. Um, I'm very excited about it. But just as Tito said, and um, in all of his interviews and everything that I've watched and read, uh, as he won American League Manager of the Year, it re- it is not an individual award. I mean, anyone who's around the game, uh, any you know, any amount more than just uh, watching the game, they see how much goes on, how much preparation, and how much impact um, you know the other the whole staff has: the hitting coach, pitching coach, strength and conditioning coach, athletic trainers. There's so much um, more than just you know decisions a manager makes. So. Uh, I definitely echo Tito in the fact that this is not an individual award. It's a, uh, it's a team, it's an organizational, it's a staff award. And usually to be considered for the award, your team has to have a, a certain amount of success one loss wise and you win the Eastern league title. But I, I think part of it goes into how you got there. This was not an easy season for your ball club. You endured one of the longest losing streaks in minor league <laughs> baseball, didn't you? We did. Um, and you know what? I'm really proud of uh, not only winning the championship, obviously very proud of that, uh, but how we managed, how we uh, stayed focused throughout the ups and the downs. You know, we, we attacked each day. We showed up each day and just said, let's um, do whatever we need to do, whatever we can do to get better today as an individual, as a team. And uh, there were some tough times. I mean, there's up and downs in, in every baseball season. Uh, but uh, that was, there's no doubt that and during the 12 game losing streak was not easy, but I'm very proud of our guys and, and how they remained focused, how they showed up every day, uh, ready to work. And obviously a great example of how, uh, that focus and that preparation pays off, and uh, we saw that out on the field. Dave Wallace joining us, Baseball America's Minor League Manager of the Year, the Indians AA affiliate, Akron, winning the Eastern League under Dave's guidance. And, uh, Dave, you mentioned some of those those qualities that help the team get through some tough stretches. Your sixth season as a minor league manager, and where did you develop some of the keys to, to get your points across to allow the players to do what they need to do to be successful? Well, Rosie, I mean, just uh, throughout my very mediocre playing career, <laughs> uh, I, I had some, and then, you know, even in the, since I've started coaching, I've you know, just been so incredibly fortunate to be around some great baseball minds, great baseball people, and even just, I mean, great people beyond baseball, but um, some of them that, that really uh, I draw on and, and some of my experiences with them, one of those would be Tori Lovello, who obviously just, um, you know, newly hired as an Arizona Diamondbacks manager. Uh, I had him as a manager when I was a player coming up through our system, and uh, he really uh, had a huge impact on my uh, not only career, but my life and the fact the way that he treats people and the way that he um, values uh, individuals as, as people first and players secondly, uh, that really spoke, you know, great amounts to me. And so that's what I, I try to do. I want our guys to know that, that I care about them as, as men, about as people first and players secondly. And, um, and, and I think that goes a long way with the guys they appreciate that. You know, I think that's that's a huge reason for 
uh, why why we as an organization have had so much success lately. And you mentioned that success as an organization, and obviously this is a, a byproduct of that. What do you see from an organizational standpoint, having been with it, uh, having managed players like Francisco Lindor, who had such an impact at the major league level, really getting a good top-to-bottom look at the organization? What what allows the Indians to, to be able to develop now uh, as well as any team in the major leagues? Well, I mean, the great question, and I think it starts at the top, you know, um, starts with Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff uh, and their leadership uh, over all of our departments. Uh, the scouting uh, has, our scouting has been, and our drafts have, have been outstanding uh, the last few years. I mean, some of these guys that are that are coming through our system, and one thing that I Really am impressed. Not only are we drafting, you know, great skill, but we're drafting characters well. You know, you look at, uh, I think one of the huge reasons Francisco uh, has done so well since he um, obviously came onto the big league scene is not only because he's so talented, but, but because he's uh, he's grounded, he's humble, uh, he's a confident kid, but he's, he's um, you know, someone of character and he's a team guy. So, uh, I think that all plays into it. Same thing with Tyler Naquin. I mean, Cody Allen. I, there's so many. You just the list keeps going. But uh, I think that is a major reason and for those guys' success that have come up through our system and will continue to be because the Bradley Zimmers, um, those type of guys are are similar and in that same mold. Very talented, but very um, aware of what it takes as far as preparation and then um, – you know, how to be a good teammate, how to be the best player for the team, not the best player on the team. I got to catch you there on, on Bradley Zimmer real quick, off topic a little bit, but uh, <laughs> you had a chance to manage him, and he's starting to get on that radar like Lindor was before he reached the major leagues where people very much aware is uh, because of his draft status and things like that. Seems like the progress is very good for him. What are you seeing there from Zimmer? I would agree. You know, great progress, and one of the things that I'm really excited about and uh, probably way more excited about than he has been is how he has, uh, and I use this word, um, you know, very uh, carefully, but how he struggled, and and with that, you know, I put quotations around it because he is one of the, you know, best-producing players uh, the last, you know, last year in the Eastern League, uh, despite his numbers not being, or at least his batting average and a couple numbers not being to where they typically have been, um, he's such a dynamic player. He can contribute in many different ways. But, but I think it's great that he is able to go through some tough times at the plate um, so that he can learn more about himself, learn more about his swing, and what adjustments he needs to make to uh, experience, you know, and put himself in better position to to impact the game at the plate uh, in a more consistent manner. And he has attacked each one of those challenges just incredibly uh, with a with a great attitude. And uh, I see a lot of similarities in, in Francisco, Tyler Naquin. Uh, so I'm really excited for for Bradley and his future. Baseball America's Minor League Manager of the Year, Dave Wallace, joining us. 
managed the Akron Rubber Ducks to the Eastern League Championship this season. And uh, Dave is a lifelong member of the Cleveland Indians organization as a player, manager, coach, different capacities. This was your sixth season as a minor league manager. And, Dave, your your career path is going to take you away from managing, uh, at least for this season and maybe into the future. Explain what's going on there and and why you're stepping away from the managing end of things, still with that goal in mind to to reach the major leagues in that capacity. But uh, why the step back now? So there's a lot of different factors that um, have come into that decision. Uh, not an easy, easy decision by any means, but uh, family being at the top of that list. Uh, a lot of people don't realize um, the commitment that it takes um, for a baseball family to work. And, you know, typically I'll leave, most of us will leave the middle of February uh, leave home middle of February for spring training and then not come home till sometime in October when the season's over. And so that leaves an incredible amount of uh, responsibility and sacrifice on, on, you know, the family that's back home. And, and I've got two kids now that are starting to, to grow up and, and I just, I want to be there as much as I can for them. And so there, there's a little bit of, uh, so that was part of, of the decision to step away from managing at least for a year. Um, but also the opportunity to, uh, fill a couple or, or a different role within the organization where I will possibly get some more experience, um, in, in different areas of, of the game or different areas of the industry, whether that's scouting, uh, more exposure to the front office, um, the mental side, you know, all these things that I think could help me become a more well-rounded uh, manager because one thing that has not changed is my desire and my goal to uh, be a major league manager one day. So um, a little scary and a tough decision to step away, especially at this time where I feel like, you know, things have, things have gone really well in the field. But um, something that I feel very strongly and very good about um, and, and putting my family uh, in a position where I, I can be present um, more than I, I have been uh, when I've been managing. And I can't thank, you know, the organization enough for how supportive they've been. And uh, I'm excited to see where, where it leads. And with that said, uh, you won't be in that dugout for the three hours of the game. Explain to, to people, even at the, the minor league level, and it's probably a little bit different in terms of the things you have to keep an eye on, but what are those three hours like uh, from from your standpoint that you really enjoyed about it? Just watching uh, the players play the game that they love. There's such a satisfaction. There's such a joy in, in watching it and see them, seeing them, you know, with big smiles on their faces, high fives, and and, and just the the hard work, the preparation, all all come together. Now, obviously there's a lot of times where it doesn't come together. And, uh, those, those times can be tough watching guys struggle and, and just how that, uh, that pressure and that, um, those expectations can, can weigh on guys, but to see them work through that and then come out the other end and as a better player and a better person is just fascinating and something I, I very much enjoy, but, you know, to go out and watch this high level of baseball every night for three hours is just um, something that – just an opportunity that I'm very grateful for and something I don't take lightly and something I, 
I will uh, hope to do for a long time. We will close with uh, the very important question. You, you're named Baseball America's Manager of the Year. All of minor league baseball, and we figured it out. There's 1,047 teams. No, I, I, not, not that many, but <laughs> there's a lot of teams in, in from, from rookie, below rookie ball to, to AAA. You get named to the award. Your wife and kids, what do they say? There was a lot of uh, just hugs and big smiles, and um, they were very, very proud of me. Um, you know, it's something that as we've gone through this, and, and again, there's ups and there's downs. Uh, there's long times away from each other. There's times uh, just great experiences that we've had together because of uh, opportunities in this game. But um, for it to, to play out and to have an award like this, I think, you know, it's just as much, again, as this is a, a team and an organizational award, it's a family award too because I wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't um, for their support and their sacrifice at times. And uh, so it's, it's very special for all of us, and uh, we've, we've enjoyed it, that's for sure. Well, I know one of the, the best compliments that – uh, someone in your situation can get over the course of time. And I've known you since since you were a player in the minor leagues, but you're a good baseball guy. And, and I think when uh, people throw that term around, that's a, a term of endearment. And, uh, Dave, congratulations. Great to, to see you recognized for your hard work. I appreciate it, Rosie. That means a lot to me. Dave Wallace, Baseball America's Minor League Manager of the Year. Stay tuned. More to come as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And a couple of reminders in terms of future events that are of great interest to Tribe fans. Tickets are on sale now for Tribe Fest, and they are going quickly. It'll be presented by KeyBank once again. It's the weekend of January the 28th, Saturday, January the 28th, Tribe Fest at a different venue this season as once again the Indians unable to use Progressive Field due to some ballpark renovations that are continuing uh, on the service level, some infrastructure improvements to the ballpark. So the event has been moved to the Intercontinental Hotel right near the campus of the Cleveland Clinic. And again, tickets are on sale now. You can go to indians.com slash tribefest for the event that will run on that Saturday, January the 28th, from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Some of the players that have committed already, and of course this is subject to change, but uh, already some good initial response from Cy Young finalist Corey Kluber, Indians closer Cody Allen, tremendous starting pitcher and uh, friendly, uh, just a fan favorite, Carlos Carrasco. Josh Tomlin will be there as well. Andrew Miller has said that he'll be here as well as Jose Ramirez, Roberto Perez, and many others as we get closer to Tribe Fest 2017. Again, January the 28th, a Saturday from 9 until 7 at the Intercontinental Hotel near the campus of the Cleveland Clinic. Go to indians.com slash tribefest to pick up your tickets and get them early. Demand after the Indians' run to Game 7 of the World Series has been off the charts. And that brings us to another reminder. A couple of other items of note if you're planning ahead. 
and still looking for some great late holiday gift ideas. The holiday six-packs are still available. They start at just $86. They're your one-stop shop for regular season tickets to six of uh, great games throughout the summer, be it Fridays, Saturdays, or Sundays with fireworks, giveaways, Key Bank Kids Fun Days in there, too. So go to Indians.com slash six-packs to pick up your holiday six-packs. Those have been going extremely well throughout the holiday season. Also, spring training tickets are on sale now. You can pick those up at Indians.com as well if you want to make those plans to head out to good a good year this spring and uh, check out the Indians in spring training. Go to Indians.com slash spring training. There's information on tickets, fan experiences, all kinds of packages that they have going out there. So good things going on in terms of spring training. Just go to Indians.com for all of that information. Well, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Once again, next week, the way the holiday season has worked out calendar-wise, our next show will be Christmas Eve. The show after that will be New Year's Eve, and obviously that's a, a very busy time of year, but if you can fit it in, we will be on next Saturday with another edition of Tribe Talk. And again, our game of the week will be the American League Central Division clincher when the Indians won the American League Central Division title in Detroit. So we'll have a, a great recap of that as part of our look back at the 2016 season with our Game of the Week segments here during the hot stove time of Tribe Talk. So until next Saturday, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. <laughs>